Hello. We are back. I don't she just faded out. No, you caught me off guard. I was we were talking about something different and you Yeah, he caught me off guard with that. Back to the podcast. We are back, episode eighty six, how we are. Um Is that eighty six? Eighty six. No. Eighty six. Eighty six. Eighty six. Eighty six. How you say that in Spanish? Ochenta y seis. Ochenta y seis. We are back in the building, episode 86. How y'all doing out there? Hope y'all doing good. I feel good. Hope she feel good. Um, it's your boy, International Walk. It's your girl, Tosh, the co-host is with the most. And we are back with another episode of Act 2, the podcast. Um, <laughs> if you're looking to catch the epi- the other episodes of Act 2, the podcast, you can catch us on Act 2, thepodcast.com. You can catch us on Facebook, Instagramming. You can catch us Google Podcasting. You can catch us YouTubing. You can catch us out in the public on the radio. You can catch us on TikTok. You can catch us on Breaker. You can catch us on Spotify. You can catch us on Anchor and tweet, tweeting on Twitter. You caught me off guard with that. Catch us out in public. Well, we out in public on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Um, how are you? I'm doing well today. Um, I feel pretty good. <coughs> I feel, I feel good. Um, What's your mental? You notice Mental? we don't do the whole, no, how are you thing no more. I used to like that. You did? Yeah. Oh, okay. But you always be acting shady and shitty sometimes, so it would be like, what? damn, that, that gave her attitude because I said no. You know I don't like loud noise, but I, I liked it too because I knew like, you know, I like to josh around with you. So I don't mind it, but you know, I just don't, I like you to say, no. No. Like, like real low. I like a shout. I don't or like a shout. I'm doing good. Um, now I'm like, kind of like, is he going to catch me off guard? Uh, mentally I am, I'm an eight, you know, I feel good. I don't have any, you know, I don't have any complaints. Um, I'm an eight. I, I, I feel good. Um, finances, finances are 10. No complaints there. Um, I'm sorry. Did you want to elaborate on the eight a little bit? No, I feel good. Like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm chill. I'm chill. Um, finances are 10. Work is work is an eight. It's busy. It's hectic. It's like I'll just say this. Today, I had four meetings about the same thing, <laughs> and I had to. How can you not take yourself out on one of them? Like I had to voice. I, I expressed like we need to do better time management. So instead of having you know different segments of this process or, or of this project. You know, y'all breaking it up into half-hour meetings throughout the day. Somebody just schedule an hour meeting and let's get all of this done. Like, literally, no exaggeration, four meetings about the same thing. Those kind of things in corporate America kind of, not kind of, they annoy me. They they annoy me and I, I don't like it. But I'm an eight. I have a job. You know, I'm well paid. I don't, uh, I'm not going to complain about it. But, you know, they annoy me. So, works an eight? Works an eight. Physicality? Um... Physically, what the, what the body feel like? <clears throat> I'm a seven and a half. Like, you know, I could be better. I could do better. Um, going through some little things or whatever, but I'm going to work it out. And I, I, I've been praying and God got me. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. But, you know. Because that's kind of like vague, like little things. Like, what the fuck you mean? Well, you know, we talked you about. You imply something's wrong and then you <laughs> say something's not wrong the next sentence. No, I'm saying God got me. That's why I said yeah, that. Because I don't want to be like, send out prayers. No, nothing's wrong. I'm dealing with little things. God got me, but nothing's wrong. Like, 
two implications that something's wrong and then nothing's wrong. All right, well, you know, we talked about my my dizzy spell that I had when we came okay. back from Columbia. And to be completely transparent, I've never felt normal since then. Like, my head kind of feels like it's constantly in a fog. Any sudden movements, I, you know, that dizziness comes on again. Um, when we were in the car the other night, now, I'm, I deal with bad motion sickness regardless like riding in the car i um i can't sit in the back it makes me nauseous i can't typically hold my head down I, something about my equilibrium i guess and and being in forward motion but um it hit me real bad the other day when we was in the car like it just made me feel not good at all so you know that's kind of been on my mind and just wanted to you know have a minute to relax um <laughs> You start Google diagnosing and stuff. I asked my sister the other day, did she think I had malaria or something? But think you should go to a neurologist? I, possibly, possibly. I, you know, I, you know, I'm no stranger to. I'm not one of them people like, oh, I'll fix it myself. Like I will go to the doctor. Um, I just have to make time, and that sounds stupid because I need like that's easy to do, but I just need to do it because I don't want anything to be wrong, and I don't think there's anything serious. But I don't want to assume like, we ain't no medical professionals, and my head just really hasn't been feeling a hundred percent. So that's why I said seven and a half. Um, but you know, I'll I'll make sure I'm okay. And my problem is, I'll tell the people this. I literally have just voiced this to him before we started recording because I hate to complain and I hate for him to worry about me. But how is that complaining? Like complaining is saying like the little scar on your knee is fucking hurting and I know it's a half inch and it just needs a band-aid and you acting like you need stitches. That's complaining. I know. But saying I'm dizzy is alerting me that something is wrong with you. Yeah. Like, I grew up in be, a household. Be crazy and retarded about this. Yeah, I grew up in a household with a, a parent who, anytime you talk to them, even current day, it's always, oh, how are you? My back hurt, my head hurt, this hurt. It's all, and I know I never wanted to be that person. So, and I know it's like, okay, one extreme to the other. Like, no, I don't want to be that person. But at the same time, I don't want to not tell you if I don't feel 100% myself. So it's just finding a balance in that. And I just... You know if it's something wrong with me, I'm going to say, babe, like, something is wrong with me. Yeah, so, but you can't say it out of nowhere. Like, I got to know what the fuck is going on. What you not just one random, yo, we need to leave here and go to the hospital. Like, I'm going to be like, what the fuck for? Like, but I didn't you know you felt like this. you so much, and I don't be wanting to add that additional stress on you. So. Do you want somebody in your life to not stress about you? I do. I'm, I don't want, no, I don't want you to stress about me. I want you to care about me, but I don't want you to stress about me. Okay. So that's a, that's a fine line there. So. I'm glad you're in control of my emotions. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. How are you, baby? Um, no. How are you? That was like a half a shout. <laughs> that was like a half a shout. You know how um, to shout like much louder than that often. I'm I'm okay. Mentally, I'm a seven. Um, I could be better. Would you, do you care to elaborate? Just a lot of shit on my mind. Um, yeah, just a lot of shit on my mind. Um, nothing bad. I don't, you know, not like something about to happen or I'm about to break down. But I could just be a point up or, you know, two points up. Is there anything that you need from me? Just be kind. Just be sweet. You know, don't be a pain in the ass. I, don't I, be a ball breaker. I think I can do that. 
Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think I cannot do those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Say, no. <laughs> what I want. No. Um, finances. <laughs> finances, I would say, is a nine. Um, you know, they going, they're just a nine. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, work, I would say, is a seven. Wow. Yeah, work's a seven. There might be some stuff going down at work. Um, physicality. Well, wait, wait. No, let's not just skip over there. Because the work ties into the wows and woes, so that's okay. why I'm skipping over it. So physicality, gotcha. I am a eight. So you I are... wrote down seven. No, I, I wrote you down for a seven and a half, but I'm an eight. So you're a seven, nine, seven, eight. Yes. Okay. All right. Do you want to start with your wows and woes? Wows and woes. Um, my wow is just that I made it another week. There was mm-hmm. a real stressful week at work, and I powered through. You know, I had my affirmations in the morning. Um, that really, really helped set the tone of the day. And um, I powered through. So that's what I'm I'm, I'm in wow about that. I'm proud of you for doing that. Um, yep. You know, I'm here for if you need to. Vent. But I had some serious adversity at work this week. And serious adversity. Do you care to elaborate? Um, yeah. What's your wows and woes? Okay. No, um, I mean, no. That was my wow. My woe is that... Uh, Darren might be done. Mm. Yeah, he might be done because... Did you want to say his name? Yeah. Okay. Because a lot of people um, at work don't want to work with him. And my jobs have been going well. And it's kind of, you know, tearing at my heartstrings because it's like, you know, I hate the way him and and my other friend argue. And having them back would be kind of mm. detrimental to the situation but at the same time you know I, I don't want to see him lose his job so I'm struggling with that right now you know it's, it's you mentioned that and it, it kind of um makes me think about something that I talked about talked in my head about a little that I thought about I'm saying talked in my head that I thought about um people don't realize how far your attitude goes mm-hmm. No matter how good of a job, and I'm going to say this because I ain't going to say no names and I don't think they watch and it doesn't matter because I'm not saying no names. There's someone that I work with who over the last few years, they constantly tell me, I might be getting a new position. I apply for this position. I'm interviewing for this position. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm going to be changing departments. And they've con- and they're like, oh, I know this person in this department. Oh, I used to work with this person, so I'm good or they're going to get me in. No exaggeration over the last three years, it's probably been like five or six jobs. I'm going to say four or five jobs. They haven't gotten any of them. And I know this person is very knowledgeable about their job, but I know they have they they don't have a good attitude. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize how far that goes. No matter how good you are, nobody wants to work with somebody that's going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the know-it-all or feel like that, you know, they only want to do the bare minimum or they want to come in changing things or they're going to disrupt, you know, the flow of the current you know, work team, mm-hmm. the the um, morale of the team. So I um, it's a we learned this as kids. I think most people did. Your attitude determines your altitude. No matter how much you know, well, not people. As a kid, you as a kid, you didn't know what altitude was. Well, pretty young, you learned. <laughs> but, yeah. No, but somebody would rather work with somebody who didn't know as much but was teachable and had a great attitude then somebody, somebody had all the skills in the world was ornery as shit yeah like you never know what you was getting every day and that's that's the struggle it's like i love him as a friend but i'm looking back and i like i just completed three whole jobs 
and everybody's getting along, everybody's working hard, everybody's morale is up, everybody had vacations, everybody's great. And it's like, if I do that, then I know in two or three days, it'll be like, wh why are you sad? Because, you know, he's beating up on you again, like mm -hmm. verbally. And it's, it's just like, I don't, I don't need that shit. I need peace in my day when I go to work. I deal with enough phone calls and emails and, and deadlines that I don't need the extra headache. I just don't. I don't need the extra headache. But I do care and I do want to help. But at the same time, not to my detriment, not to my peace. I don't want to help that much. Yeah. And, and I, to see you struggle with this, I know how much you care. Let me say, I know how much you don't care about a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So when I see you care about somebody or something, I know that you really care. Because it ain't a lot of people that you would be feeling like emotional or a lot of situations that you will allow yourself to be emotionally invested in. So I know that you genuinely care to see, you know, this bothering you and this being Yeah, I just don't know if I can help in that way. And I, I don't know which way I can help, but I'm not you know, interrupting another friend's peace and my peace just to, you know, end up going down the same road again. And and, and it's it's a shame, but it's just been better. One of the things that I that I um was talking about um uh, with somebody that I love in a different scenario, there are certain things about people that are character driven that's a part of their makeup. And unfortunately no matter how what you want for somebody, the best that you want for them, how much you want to help them change and get better. It's really hard to change the fabric of who someone is, mm -hmm. especially once they're of a certain age. Because it's kind of like, you know, as you're growing up, people are weaving that pattern into your life and helping you to become who you are. Right. Well, once that pattern is woven to a certain extent, it's pretty hard to take out some threads and replace them with other threads. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, it... It's, it's some situations are circumstantial and people may be acting or reacting or moving in a certain way because of those circumstances. Some situations, again, it's just your character and regardless of the circumstances, you are who you are. You was who you was before you, you got, got here. here. Yeah, you could try to change, but that's just the top, top layer. Um, starting off, we touched on this subject before. Um, being a young boy growing up without a dad and this uh, season as we see on on social media and things like that let me take a drink of water mm -hmm. well why are you taking a drink of water I'll just say really quickly my wows um, I'm sorry no that's fine I just didn't want to have any dead air so I think I would fill it in um, I'll just say this I know therapy isn't for everyone or maybe not at every time therapy is a good thing um, we individually and collectively as a unit um seek therapy services and for me my wow is just really seeing or feeling the evolution within myself through therapy you know thinking you know yourself you at a certain age you like i know me i am who i am but seeing those layers being peeled back and still having new revelations about yourself they can hurt sometimes and they can like be like oh somebody touched a sore spot but I'm enjoying my growth. So I just want to, one thing I don't do often is pat myself on the back. Um, and I, I, I recognize like I'm the shit and I just want to give myself props. And that is my wild, just feeling myself, you know, 
at all of my awesomeness. So. We ain't gonna be able to get a fucking head through the door <laughs> when we leave this room. Jesus He's always Christ. telling me how amazing I am, and not that I've never believed it, but I don't. I, I think we learn to love our. When people talk that whole self love thing, we learn to love ourselves in the capacity that we've been shown love from my husband. The amount of love that I'm shown is immense. But and we've been together for a long time, like more than half my life now, or just about yeah, more than half my life now. But still trying to you know break away or learn differently from what you've been taught in your more formative years. That's a hard process. You can say, oh yeah, I love myself, but if you only been taught that this is what love is, then that's the capacity you love yourself to. Mm -hmm. When you're taught this is how much love you can have for yourself, now you have to grow into filling those spaces. So it just feels good. That was my why. I have no woes. I'm grateful. Um, I'm I, I'm just extremely grateful. That's it. Yeah, so, I got that straight. Um, boys, no dads. So being little boys, being growing up with no fathers, we touched on that in a previous episode, but we never really got into depth about it. Mm -hmm. And this season on social media and in people's lives is a new kids are going to school back to school and you see a lot of people posting their kids and first timers to kindergarten first timers to high school and all that's great and specifically we're talking about boys not that we can't mention girls but specifically we're talking about boys but we got a new crop of kids um at a young age like we have nephews and we have younger kids in our family who are starting kindergarten and then we have younger um we have we have boys in our our family that's going to manhood and already graduated and just the dynamic between what that looks like at five and when they're going to kindergarten versus what it looks like when they graduate and also the the dynamic of one having his father and one not mm. you understand what i'm saying i do i okay. do so and um looking back in retrospect when we was having that conversation what about the young kids now just starting to be around boys and kindergarten and um, other kids, but not really being molded in a way, like in a stern way from a, a male figure? Yeah, so I, I don't, you use the word stern, and I don't even think that that's the most um, imperative piece of the puzzle because you have some mothers that can be stern, but it's just those... Um, I don't want to repeat the same word, but I will. Those formative years of a child where having that um, role in your life is important because although, as I said, mothers can be stern, mothers can um, impose a certain level of love and discipline, it, I, it's different coming from a dad, coming from somebody that looks like you, a bigger version, of course, right, but looks right, like right. you, moves like you, you know, has a different touch and tone and feel and vibe than a mom, you know, in most cases. Than a woman. I mean, right. You, you yeah, have to a woman. be taught that as a boy. Even at five, if you are a boy and you have four sisters and you grow up, you have your boy traits in you as a boy. Because that's your gender, but you got female tendencies in you. You grew up with sisters. Like that's not a knock at you, but you have female tendencies in you. And as a, a dad, you know, you kinda you create that time with your son to show him how to be with other boys, how to be with men. And and that shit starts from a young age, like a real young age. 
So when you get to school and you're around other kids, you're not um, abusive to other kids. You're not um, abusive to the teacher. You're not, you know, out of pocket where you got to get calls up to the school just because it's like a, sh a, a culture shock to you. Right. And I think, too, you know, we talk, I know that. Do you, you remember being that way in kindergarten? It was it a culture shock to you. Like, oh, my God, I'm left here by myself and these kids are strangers. No, I, I have I have some very vivid memories of kindergarten. Um, I remember my teacher exactly what she looks like, what she looked like. Her name was Miss Sloan. I can kind of remember what the classroom looks like. And I can remember a few kids faces, but I didn't feel like, you know, oh, I was left here. Um, I even have memories uh, I even have memories of preschool, which is just so weird. But I, I know you went <clears throat> to preschool. Yeah, I I went to what turned to be a high school, like when we got older. But the Randolph Skill Center, because um, you know, I used to live in Abbott's Four Project, so Randolph Skill Center was right across the street. I went there. That's where I learned I hate raisins, I hate um, celery, and I hate raw carrots. They gave us those as snacks, and to this day. It makes me sick thinking about any of wow. them. Yes, I I vividly remember having those, and then what's the like pudding or something that has raisins in it, and then when they Raisin mix pudding. the raisins with the carrots in that salad. Huh. I don't know. I didn't eat school lunch, so I didn't have those fears Excuse and me. those things like like no, nah, I just didn't <laughs> eat school lunch. And if it but was, I mean, I'm talking about pre K. Like, this was like three years old. Oh, well, I you don't have a choice. It's like eat no, this. I didn't. I didn't. That's what I like. I can vividly remember like it's sitting in front of me and me crying. Like I don't like this. And to this day, anybody that knows me know you. I will not eat, especially a raisin. I digress. What I will say is, I think, I think one of the mothers. We know you have single mothers that have done an awesome job at raising children. But no matter how great of a mother you are. I don't know what the experience is like in being a boy, let alone growing into a man. So there, there is an integral piece that's missing. You can do a marvelous job of raising a son. It's still, I feel like there's going to be something missing that 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 is You raised needed. a child. You didn't raise a man. Mm. Like you raised a child and you you should get credit for that. But you didn't raise a man. Like only a man can raise a man. And as far back as I can remember, like, okay, we both have nephews who are, um, who are in kindergarten and we have nephews who are graduated and the dynamic of one having his father and one not like, do you clearly see the dynamic in them at all? Um, as you've been in their lives the whole time they've been alive? Like, do you clearly see a, a difference, a shift? Like when you take one back to that age? I, so there's there's a huge different between difference between both of those. Some may be personality driven, um, and then also you think him one being the only child would you know at that age, mm -hmm. or probably had one sibling at that age, and then one being the youngest of multiple siblings. It's a different so dynamic. a different dynamic, a different circumstance. But I think, and also just a different culture today. Where, like, kids are being taught through other means. Like, YouTube is such a huge part of children's upbringing now. It's school. No, yes, no matter how <laughs> much ch um, parents want to avoid it. I'm um, not saying it's, it's impossible. You can just not let them have a tablet. But it's such a... Well, they can watch it on TV. 
but it's such a huge part of their upbringing so i think it's, it's a different dynamic but yes it does um it it is and I know it can be different depending on the who the who the other parent is, who the mother is. But there is a different level of um, this might sound weird, but a different level of wholesomeness mm -hmm. that you know you kind of feel that a child has. I always feel, and this just may be none of you know the kids in our lives have ever expressed this, but I always feel there's like a void, and it may just be me. Um, uh what was the it, it just may be me imposing my internal thoughts projecting yeah projecting you know those feelings because i know it's something missing you know in some of their lives like something is turned in terms of a person that's not projection though because it is something missing like right. again as but, but i don't know if they feel like that but i feel like they feel like that you do feel like that okay you do feel like that as a little boy you do notice that your pop isn't around like because again you have female tendencies and you always around your mom or your sister or something like that so you do feel as though damn and then when you go to school and you see other dads it's like it hits you in the face that i don't have that mm. so you do feel that and i think as a boy you don't need to be catered to in a way where it's like you need therapy at five years old but i remember back i just wish that um, a man was in my life to ask me how I felt. Because, like, th that was the biggest thing for me. Like, nobody ever asked me, like, how did you feel? Okay. Even about school or how my day was or anything like that. It's like, what I thought didn't matter or what I felt didn't matter. So, to have somebody say, you know, this is how you're supposed to move or, you know, you you you, you in a group with boys. Like, it's just a, a certain things that a dad does or a man can do to show you how to move amongst males that your mom can't. Because, again, if you're a boy who grew up with sisters and you got female tendencies, when you get to the schoolyard and you got 10 friends, those tendencies are going to come out. Those boys are going to call you on that. And it's 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 a it's a it's a slippery slope but you need that male figure in your life to to like it's like at that age like you said your formative years to like and it sounds weird to say but to make you male yeah but With lack uh, but, of a better term it's like to 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 show you how to be a man starting from that age i mean i i i i so i feel like in this in the scenario you know just I was going to say speaking from personal experience, but through the kids in our lives. And I don't know whether there be, it's because there is a male figure there in an older sibling. Mm -hmm. Because I think that the five-year-old in our life is 1,000% boy. Like, to the point where, I don't know if it's some aggression from, you know, just natural aggression being a boy. Or it's just like... You know, I don't know what those what what those feelings are, but I I do think that it's a different approach that comes from having a dad. Like you mentioned, uh, I I know you mentioned even girls. Yes, I think a dad is important in all children's lives, but they play a different role. So yeah. it's equally important for both for both boys and girls to have their dads. But that boy, and not even but, that, that boy having a dad, it it really is instrumental in, like you said, if I don't If I don't have a picture of what I should be, then I don't know. And, you, and my and you dad is supposed to be my hero. He's supposed to be my, 
my the guy who shows me that. Right. So if I don't have a something to emulate, then I don't know what what these feelings are. I don't know what's going on inside me as I'm changing from five to ten to fifteen or whatever. So I don't know what's going on inside me, but. Your dad does. He once was that age. So let me ask you, how did you, I mean, I know, you know, you're talking about from being a kid to now you're 45. So what what were the things or people? Was it real life people? Was it TV images? Was it like, what were the things that you held on to or that you grabbed on to, latched on to that helped you through the, that develop those developmental stages? It was, it's crazy because I was impressionable because I'm young. So it was a lot of who was in the streets mm-hmm. and emulate that. And you see the, um, cool kids in the street, the cool guys in the street, the guys with the money, the guys with the cars, the guys that's getting the girls, all that kind of stuff was what you emulated because everybody respected those guys. Those are the guys that came outside, had on the nice clothes and was respected. So you thought that's what a man was. And, you know, he had a nice girl and all this money and things like that's all we saw was, you know, the drug dealers. So we looked up to them because none of us had dads. Right. So, I mean, I'm assuming that that was probably around your early teen years. But what, like, leading up to that point, before you hit the teen years, what were the examples of manhood that you latched onto? Like, like at five years old, at eight years old, at ten years old? Well, at five years old, it was... Or was was it even a thought? There was still a male figure in my life at five years old. Okay. So, uh, that wasn't my dad. Okay. So I I would latch on to that. I mean, it's, I'm trying to think back now. TV. Um, I wanted to be around my older brother a lot. Um, yeah, but just that. I mean, a lot of stuff I want. I've been in a lot of situations as a kid where I've been around boys and didn't know how to act. And I don't mean that in like a girlish way, but just... Now, when you think back, it's like, damn, you had to learn that lesson or have a fight or something like that because this is not how you act around boys. Mm. So just elaborate. Do you mean like you were more, you were aggressive, you were timid? What was, what was it? I could have been too talkative, too jovial. Okay. Too, like not being able to read the room, read the situation, have an instinct like a man. Like all those things you get from your dad. All those things you get from a male figure in your life when you're young. And when you don't have that at five, you don't know what those feelings are. You don't know who to go to. And, you know, having, I mean, I had a mom, but it it wasn't like she asked me how I felt about things or, Mm -hmm. you know, what's going on in your life. You know, what was that situation you went through? How'd you feel about that? Like, you're not getting none of that. So you don't get it out and you don't know what it is. So you just deal with it the way you know how to deal with it. But I didn't have a real male figure in my life until my teenage years. Okay. Yeah, so all through my younger years, it was like, okay, nah, I I don't. I'm just outside, and I'm just growing up as a boy. Okay, wow. So how do you think, what, what options are there to bridge the gap? Because, you know, in some scenarios, like, the mom just may not find a man or a stepdad. And... While, yes, we know there may be some figures in the community that may be able to step in, 
I don't think that's really happening a lot in today's society. When, you know, when we were younger, we had like the Powell Center where kids would go to. But that was shady too in some cases. Like the cop that was in the Powell Center around our neighborhood was messing with the young girls. Yeah. Like young, young girls. Like girls 13, 14 was messing with the cop. Um, but, and again, even... And when we was young, it seemed like the cop was like 40 or 50, but he was like 28, 29. <laughs> 30. Yeah, because I definitely you know thought I mean? he, he was wasn't like old. 40. Yeah. Um, and, and then you think even today, even if you know there is a an officer that's in you know um, settings like that, they just may not be able to have the outreach to a multitude of young men. So what is like? Why aren't there you being a black man, forty five years old, knowing that it's this void in our community? And I'm not putting this on you per se. But why aren't there more programs geared towards mentorship and helping to bridge this gap? I don't know why there's not more, but we need more. Um, men should be around men. And and that's how, And when I say that, I mean that, and I don't have this is what I'm about to describe. I don't have this in my life, but I wish I did. Um, but men should be around men. Men should have, <clears throat> you're a man in the center of your life. You should have a man in front of you that you look up to, that pours into you. You should have a, a man behind you as a uh, you being a mentor that you can pour into him. And you should have men on the side of you that you live life with. Mm. And like every man should be the nucleus of that. And if you don't have that, it seems like you're imbalanced. But men should be around men. Like that's, that's I think that would be the perfect calm, even dynamic between men and women. So I don't know why there's not more um, mentors and stuff like that. Even that's a little bit shady because people, it's big brother programs and shit like that, but people don't really pour into stuff like that. You, you, you get a little homie off the street and that's who you mentee. You don't like sign up for a program and, 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 and get somebody from there or get somebody from a, a foster care home or something like that. Guys just don't do that. You have a friend, you see he needs help and you you mentor him and that's how it is with mentorship that's how it is with the quote-unquote big homie mm. and so is that something that you think and i'm not like this isn't like hey we're introducing the mentor program but i'm just asking because while there may you know there's a need you may recognize there's a need but not everyone really has the the, the desire to do that is that something that you think like you could see and I, and again i'm not saying this is like tomorrow you're signing mm -hmm. up but do, is that something that you feel like is would be in you to serve in that capacity i i think i could i probably could because i have a story um, but, and I think my story could help somebody, but I don't think I'm ready for that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm still finding out who I am and what I like and who Walter is. So I don't think that, um, um, I'm too raw. Oh. I'm too raw. Okay. So. And I don't mean that like I'm too raw. Like no, I, I got the real shit. Is yeah, too raw. Raw. yeah. I'm too raw to, to, to do that. Like I need to finish my healing process, find out who I am, and when I'm standing firm, firm, then I can pour into somebody. I'm going to share something with you when we've done this episode, and if y'all would like, I could share it with you too, but I think exactly what you said may be the reason, and again, not direct blame on you, but the reason why 
um there isn't more because a lot of people feel like that like mm -hmm. i'm not where i need to be before i help somebody else but at the same time you think if, if you really think about it them seeing you go through those phases could be the instrument that god intended to help them to go through whatever they are going through or will go through in the future. And and I understand, I'm not saying you're wrong for feeling that way because a lot of people, you know, I've had desires to do things in terms of helping, um, um, helping victims or I don't want to say victims. I'm sorry. I never want to say victims, survivors of sexual abuse to help them in that capacity. I, I, I asked myself 9 million questions about the what ifs and it's like, girl, you ain't even talked to one person yet. And you're thinking about, well, what if this happened? What if they say this? And it's almost like making excuses to block myself. So I'm not saying you're that like, that's wrong. I, I think just like myself, a lot of people think in that way. But what I thought you were going to say, which, which I'm, um, curious about do you think that do you think the community is ready for that do you think the young males in this generation and i'm not talking about the five-year-olds because they will probably you know go towards whatever their parents direct them to but yeah, those who can make that's the still decision moving when you talk to them is too young yeah like a kid has to stand there and look at you and pay attention right the kid is fucking doing this <laughs> and you're talking to him he's too young but i think being in an environment you know, it's still, it's, it's almost like one of them things when you grow up, and I know we talked about this, you're not, you know, thinking kids should be made to go to church, but it's one of them things where even if you don't understand, you just going to church every Sunday and being in that environment, it does still have an impact on you. And so that when you do get to the point to be able to pay attention, it's like, this isn't a strange environment. So do you think, let's just say boys 12 and up in today's society that they, that that's something that they want or that they're ready or that they would ho grab hold to? I mean, I think, I'm not going to condemn all of them, but this generation is just different. It's, they have a short attention span and they don't have a lot of respect for older, the older generation. They, they think outside the box. They're smarter than we were technically at, at the age that they're at. And they think they know a lot. And mm -hmm. to be honest with you, they do know a lot, but they don't know common sense and life and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it, it's weird because like you, you want to do something like you said, you wanted to help young girls and stuff like that. Like you want to do stuff like that, but I don't know what it is. It's like a fear you create inside yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, damn, like, and it, it, it's crazy because it makes me think like, do I have a story? Like, is my story worthy enough? Like, is like, am I just is somebody gonna be looking at me like with my head side? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. But a lot of people you talk to, they'd be like, "Yo, you could write a book, or you should. Your story is great." And it's like, okay, like, are you saying that because you know me, or are you saying that because it really is? Like, and I mean, we kind of talked about this in a different capacity. I think it's because it's your life. Mm -hmm. And you have yet to step outside of it and look back and think if you line up 10 people, 10 men who went through the same life, how many of them would be where you are today having been um, subject to the exact same circumstances? So you put these 10 men in the same situation in 1999 that you had, to, it was 1999, right? Mm -hmm. In 1999 that you had to endure through 2020 what would be the outcome in 2022? I think 
I'm going to say out of 10, I'm going to say maybe, and this is just me, y'all um, might not agree. I'm going to say maybe two, and that's pushing. I'm being generous because <laughs> I really think one and maybe none. But I'm going to just be generous and say maybe two might be standing here with you today, maybe with more wounds, maybe with less wounds. And I'm talking about mental, emotional wounds. And maybe some might have physical wounds. But there ain't many people that could have done and lived the life that you live. But you don't recognize it because you feel like I was just going to go. I was just right. doing what I had to do to survive. Like this wasn't nothing spectacular because you're, you, you have yet to step out of that and look back. You know because you did it and you was there. But to, to talk to, for other people to understand, I mean, I was here with you. Right. And while I understand the gravity and I, I probably understand why most people don't because they don't know all the... And we've talked about it, mm -hmm. but talking about it and hearing about it and really living it is two different things. But even me being with you side by side, I still wasn't in your body to know what that felt like. So, yeah, I, I do think you have a story, but I understand why, you know, you might feel like, you know, oh, it ain't as major as the guy that got shot 19 times and had his kidney taken out and half his brain blown off and now he's a lawyer. Like, <laughs> just because you... It makes you, you want to shut up about yeah, this story. Exactly, exactly. You know, and I, 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 I have felt like that in some parallel ways about my life, um, about several things about my life. And that's why it takes that moment, not that I need accolades or need a pat on the back, but you think to yourself, damn, I did that. Like, I survived that. So, yeah, but I, it's like you think, like, who didn't grow up without a dad? Like, look where we come from. Like, right. all the boys my age grew up without dads. All the boys my age got in trouble with the law. Like, it's the same. But let me tell you this, and I just, I'm sorry, I had an aha moment. Okay. Because. Sometimes let me get my shit out. Yes, I'm Go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. And the aha moment was, was that normal or did we just normalize the abnormal? We well, normalized I, the dysfunction. But that's in hindsight, yeah. Right. When you were living it, it's normal. Because I come outside every day and the 26 people that I hang with, 24 of us don't have dads. So that's normal because that's all I know. Hindsight, sitting back, yeah, we normalize the dysfunction we normalize the abnormal right. but and it this also ties into my what i what have you learned um and when we get to that i hope you learned something this week i did um <laughs> that um nick cannon situation like kids need time and it doesn't matter how much money you may have um and i know a lot of people feel this way a lot of people don't but it's like, I, I think that's a problem when you have kids all over the place like that. I think that's a dynamic on why kids grow up the way that they do and not having a male figure in the home. Mm -hmm. Like, you can have the money to support 10 kids, but you can't give, your one person, you can't give 10 kids the time that they need from you. Wait, so, so you're, I, I'm, okay. When you said that, it made me think to myself, you're saying 10 kids, the number, the volume of children that he has. But is it the circumstances or the scenarios in which these children have been created? Because what if he had a wife and they have 10 kids? No, but you can hear, uh, um, okay, so you can say a person like DJ Envy who can say, I have six kids that all live in my house. And it's difficult for me to spread time around six kids who live under the same roof. 
how is it any better to spread time yeah. around for 10 kids who don't live on the same? Right. So I think that's why I was saying so because you point. were you were quantifying it. I think it's more the scenario because even if it was just five kids, five kids with five different baby moms, no matter how well you financially provide for them, is that a circumstance that is uh, beneficial for the kids in the long run? You know, you and we're sitting here talking about the formative years. We all know, and that's the whole conversation. The formative years are that's not about money, that's not about what you can provide, that's not about the shit that like that stuff doesn't matter. The kid wants to go to the park, shoot ball, ask him how he's doing, talk to him, read books like that's the shit you can't get back is the time. So, just just because you can provide that iPad or those books and all the shit he needs and the basketballs and courts, you're not there to shoot with him. You're not there mm-hmm. to play with him when he wants you to, you know, or when she wants you to. Yeah. So, it's difficult. And that's a part of the whole situation where kids are growing up with no dads because, I mean, it's not a lot of people out here having, I mean, it is a lot of people out here with 10 kids, 15 kids. And eight baby moms and shit like. Oh, you mean men? Okay. Yeah. I th- when you said you said people, and I'm thinking I ain't know there's a lot of chicks yeah. out here dropping fifteen babies. Yeah, I mean, and they're not all by the same woman, of course. That's right. like the forty. Right. Stuff. That's how you. That's why no. I, I paused. Like, that's like the forty stuff, but it's a lot of dudes out here with a lot of baby moms, a lot of kids, and it's 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 a it's a crazy dynamic because it just perpetuates the cycle for us to grow up without our dads in the house mm-hmm. and that's how our generation grew up like our dads was not in, well your dad was in the house but my dad was not in the house yeah yeah so you know it's, i've seen a clip today by um i think her name is candace owens uh-huh. and she was talking about how the government this plan that they have to Trump provide support. uh black families and although she is a trump supporter i think it I, I think it would be prudent for people to take a moment to step back outside of her politics as it relates to trump and listen to some of the messages because i i agree with some of the rhetoric that you know i hear her talk because when you think about the divide of i'm just going to say black families and i know I, I, I know from a professional standpoint that it is not just black families who are beneficiaries of the uh, welfare system in the government. But when we think back to the, the I'm, I'm going to say the 70s because I don't know if it was the 60s. When we think about the rules and parameters that were placed around these programs that were designed to help us, the help was allotted for women excluding the males from the home so you could get this public assistance but you can't make too much money and if you have a two-parent home not making too much money with two people you 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 gotta be really poor it's one thing to say okay i'm a single mom and i got three kids okay and my you know my my income limit is not above the guideline but now i'm a mom and dad with three kids oh you want us to be poor poor Mm -hmm. in order to qualify and in most cases you didn't qualify because again in a two-parent home how would that work i mean again unless whatever you y'all get what i'm saying the same applied when it came to like the Section 8 housing. Here's mm-hmm. another program design where you got women having to hide and say, oh, don't live here or, you know, we're not going to live together because I don't want that to affect my lease or affect my housing. Programs designed to help 
But look what it's it's proliferating that dynamic of break up the home, the home. Right. Yeah. Where and not to say anybody was forced not to have a man in order to benefit from these programs. But why not? Why wasn't it a mindset to design programs to say, if you are a two parent home, we're going to help you buy a home. If you because are that, a, that substantiates that's a different conversation we're going into, but that what you just described substantiates not wanting black families to exist and keeping the white race yeah. in in power. Because they did they wasn't doing that for white people and more white people was on welfare than anything. And they were families on welfare. So I don't even know how that worked over there on that side where those moms could have dads and they still was on welfare. There was men in those houses but here, living in the projects in urban neighborhoods, couldn't have no male there. He'd come in two, three times a week. That's it. But otherwise, he just was outside. And not to be facetious, but look at James Evans. Look at look at the hard time. <laughs> they was living in the projects. Look at how oh hard God. of a life. Cause that's he pulled what, on James Evans. Look at how hard of a life he had. Mm -hmm. He could not catch a break as a black man. So, But there you go, a two-parent home. But look at the dynamic that was created. You had to be struggling like that in order for them to say, okay, you, we, you can have this public housing. Other than that, it's like, oh no, like you know, you 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 have you're making too much money. The and then the, the what they consider like the federal poverty limits. You think to yourself, y'all really want me to be eating breadcrumbs? Yeah, and I and it, this is a, um, a a a question I saw is um a, a, somebody was offered a job. It might have been Wawa or McDonald's or Walmart or something, and it was twenty dollars an hour full benefits. And the question is, is that enough? It's circumstantial. Is it enough for who? Is it enough for a mom with three kids? When we look at... Is it enough for a mom with one kid? Possibly, depending on what her living situation is. Well, you got to have housing, adequate housing. I mean, you don't got to have the best, but you got to have... Just, let's just think of the range of adequate housing now. Right. So, hey, there's no more houses you can rent for $300 a month. So I'm just saying, you need adequate housing, you need food, you need you need you need clothes, you need the bare necessities first. Right, but I'm just saying, okay, if you don't have a car, you take public transportation, then that saves some money there. I, is it enough? No, probably not. Can you make it work? Possibly, but it, it's it could be a, it's a struggle. Right, it's a struggle. You figure, okay, twenty dollars an hour. Let's say you work for uh forty sixteen hundred dollars. Let's say. To, to if you get paid every two weeks, $80. Then you talk about you got to take your 33% your taxes off the top of that. So now you're talking about... $1,200. Yeah. Um, so now it's looking like, what's my rent? You know, where's food coming from? So is it enough not to live comfortably? And I'm not even talking about living luxuriously, but not to live comfortably. And that's just with one child. Hell, that's even by yourself. It might, it, it's that's probably going to be a struggle. So, I mean, the the sad part about it is, you know, the as some wages have gone up. I mean, for Wawa to be paying $20 an hour is not a little bit of money considering when we talk about minimum wage and so forth. But you have to look at what is the demographic of the people working at Wawa. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you look at a Taco Bell that's paying $15 an hour. Is that enough for a grown woman to, to work or a grown man to work and provide for his family? No. But are those jobs designed for the grown working adult to have long term? I don't know. A lot of the people work there grow. 
I mean, grown in the sense of being, you know, 35 with two kids. Right. Or is it designed for the 17-year-old who's working there in the summer and then a few hours after school during the school year? You know, so, I, and I'm not, I, this is no is shade. Is it designed for a 21-year-old who's single, who's fresh out of school? Right. And, and no shade to anybody that works there because, let me tell you, and I tell my husband this all the time, God forbid something happened to, to and, and we needed to make ends meet. I'm going to be working from 6 to 2 at the supermarket, then from 2 to 10 at Wawa, and then I might be working somewhere from 10 to 6 stocking shelves after hours. Like, I would work wherever to make ends meet if it was necessary and I couldn't find, you know, a different type of job. So, I'm not knocking anybody for getting a job, but we do have to look at... Is is it like you you starting with with your feet in the in the sand to begin with? Just like the whole America, just like I mean, just like the start of America was like everybody, all us, well you know, black and brown people just behind a little bit. Yeah, I do a little extra, but we getting off the topic. Um, you growing up as a little girl, you didn't have um, the best father, but you had a dad in the house. Mm -hmm. But what was the dynamic? And did you have friends that didn't have dads? Did you notice that in other little girls, like a a, a, a difference in y'all? Like, cause we talked about earlier, the 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 boys lean on their dads for different reasons than the than the girls do. So I'm leaning on my dad for show me how to be a man, give me something to emulate. You don't do that as a girl. You kind of do that with your mom. So is it the only thing you want from your dad is how to how to relate to boys, or I mean, is it something bigger there? I mean, at that age, you don't even think about it. You just think this is my dad. And I didn't have the best dad, but I didn't know that until I was older. Right. To, because that was the only dad I knew. And you're right. I didn't know many other people that had dads. Um, the crazy thing, I thought that like, people who didn't have dads had a, girls who didn't have dads had a better life because my dad was so strict and I felt like if he wasn't here, I would be able to do X, Y, Z. I did recognize, um... You know, like in my teenage years, like even though I wanted to do X, Y, Z, that if he wasn't there and I was able to do those things, I would have been in way more trouble than I found myself being in. Mm -hmm. So did I find it different? Prob I mean, yes and no, but not not worse or better. I mean, it, it's like in some situations, again, I found that girls had... Um, more freedom, and some it got them in trouble. Some didn't. Like they had moms, they or they only had moms. They still did what they were supposed to do. I think. Um, but you have that to see, though. You see the difference in gender. Like you have that to look at, so it will work out better with just a mom and daughter. I mean, but yeah, but I think a dad. I, I it doesn't mean, and like I'm just you're only going to get to a certain point with a mom and son. Like it's, it, you can you can show your daughter how to be a woman all the way through. Right, but those dads I think were still necessary for other reasons in their life, but I, it wasn't something that was noticeable at that time. Not until I became an adult to look back on it. As far as looking at your dad as you know how to interact with boys, you don't realize like it's really being um, impressed upon you through your years, but it's one of them things you're living it so you don't realize it. Okay, that's until... what I was getting at. You don't notice that no. I'm getting how to talk to this boy at school through my dad. You don't get that when you're that young? I mean, in hindsight, I probably... Yes and no. If in you hindsight, have a cool dad. I can... Because I think to myself, if I had a dad who was 
very doting on my mom, bringing her flowers, loving on her. I probably would have been looking to have those things, you know, I probably would have been looking to have those things, but and and in the reverse, what I can say is by not seeing those things, it made me want those things. What if he didn't do those things, but he just was the cool dad to sit you down and be like, yo, this is, you know, these motherfucking boys at school going to be liking you. This is how you move. This is, how, this is what you do. Would that be accepted even though you didn't see him be affectionate to your mom? I think action speaks louder than words. Right. Okay. Like, you know, I, I think we learn more by what we see people do than what, what they, they tell say. us. Because even if, even when we don't realize it, those images and those, you know, what we see in life, those those memories and experiences are what stick with us longer than the yapping and the talking. It's like, okay, you telling me A, B, C, D, E, F, G, but at the same time, you're doing X, Y, Z. So it's, it's not matching up. So I, I think you can either learn from your parents by emulating what they did or wanting what they didn't show you and for me i think that's what it was um growing up with a bad dad or growing up with no dad what do you think in hindsight is the better dynamic i would say i that's hard and i and, but i would say i would have you know i wouldn't change anything he was, he was there but he was terrible gave you no attention wasn't like just was terrible dad but he was there every day, or you would you be like I, the dy the dynamic of no dad was better because if, I saw him be shit. I mean, I wouldn't change anything about my life because it made me who I am today. But if I had to start with a clean slate, I would choose no dad mm -hmm. than have a bad dad. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that would be my choice. Learning and therapy. It's weird that you say that because when you learn in therapy, it's like you you wonder. Um, about your past and things like that and with the stuff that you went through and you ask yourself why but it's like if you're happy with who you are sitting here or who you are today then it's almost like I needed that to happen to me for me to be who I am today as fucked up as it may sound because a lot of us have a lot of fucked up things that happen to us in our lives mm -hmm. but it's almost like that's what you sit with at the end of the day is that I needed to be that for 23 years. You needed the things to happen to you in order for you to be this Natasha that you're sitting here today. Right. And in, in hindsight, you're like, but no, like I could have <laughs> could have learned a different way. But no, like you, we both needed to go through what we went through to have the history that we have so we can have the future that we have. So I feel like something is just... <laughs> Like pulling at my heartstrings, and I have to say this right because what you said is exactly, um, you know, it's it's a it's a blessing to have people and loved ones in your life who, um, who help you in your growth period, whether it's professional growth, emotional what growth, spiritual growth. But what you said relates to something that was shared with me by my sis Toya. Um, and it was a it's a sermon. I know again we always say this isn't a religious show, but y'all know what our spiritual beliefs are. But you're not but about it, to play a sermon though. No, I'm not about to play it. I'm looking I can't remember the man's name. Uh -oh. So I wanna tell y'all his name in case you wanna look it up. But it's called it's titled The Ripple Effect. Mm -hmm. And it speaks to exactly what you're saying. Keon Henderson, that's his name. I mm -hmm. couldn't think of it. Pastor Keon Henderson, K E I O N, if you wanna look it up. It's called the 
ripple effect and it speaks to exactly what you said that wave of life and 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 i mean it's not like it's a phenomenon that we haven't heard of the before butterfly the butterfly effect. effect exactly or what our therapist has said to us it had to happen that way yeah. some other people might say oh everything happens for a reason it all relates to the same ideology and in you're taught to say the words so if you're you have to say the words of i had to rob that or i had to do that to for me to be who i am or this person had to be molested for them to be who they are it sounds weird saying it out loud because it's like no but in essence if you're happy with who you are sitting where you are right now then yeah that stuff had to happen yeah your life had to be that way in order for you to wake up and be who you are and like who you are today if anything would have been different the ripple effect right it when you think about everything. exactly when you think about when you're on the beach and the waves that wash up on the sand that wave that's coming across your feet you know how far mm -hmm. back it started sorry how <laughs> far back it started where you know it may have just been a small wave it might have got a push from a boat over there and got caught in the wake and was a bigger wave somebody might have came along and swam through it that divided it and then it brought it back together but that wave went through a lot and that ripple effect for it to hit the sand and be what it is it had it had to happen that way in order for you to be where you are in order for me to be where i am in order for this moment to occur yeah. it had to happen that way and it's so weird you it's, try it's, to change any of that then who knows what yeah. you would be or where you would be or why you would be and you think about those moments in your life like i grew up without a dad like i had some tough moments in my life but it's like okay what if i would have had a dad would I like who I am today? Would I like the person that I am that I turned out to be? I don't know. Like right. I don't know what my my um, trajectory in life would have been if what? I would have grew up with a father in the house every day. I don't know. Like I could have I could have went to college. I, who knows? Like what would have happened in my life? But right. everything that did made me who I am today, and I fucking love Walter. And and the <laughs> thing about it is, no matter all those what ifs. At this moment, it ain't nothing we can do to change any of that. Nope. So, it, I mean, it's. I'm not going to say there's no point in thinking about it. Of course, we're human. We're going to think of it. But we can't, um, you know, stress about it and really put too much energy into thinking about what could have, would have, should have happened or could have, would have been because it wasn't. It ain't. But what we can do as we talk back to or go back to, you know, the current dynamics of situations whether it's boys that we love boys that we know boys that are just in the community is how to find a way to be part of their ripple effect to help possibly change the trajectory of their life and that's not to say oh because they don't have a dad they're headed down the wrong path but who knows what the outcome could be if they have the positive influence, if they know about your story, if they know about how you overcame the things that you did, how you survived the things that you did. So I think it's 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 important that people like yourself use your stories, use your strengths, use your weaknesses, you know, or your areas of opportunity to help others see, especially those who may possibly be headed down the same direction or may not even be near that direction but can still learn it could be somebody who's on their way to college that can still learn from the path that you took mm -hmm. because it's still a lesson that may be parallel in some aspect 
So I don't I I I think that you would be an awesome example, you know, when you're ready. Yeah. But but also I mean it is something that piques my interest. It's not nothing that I'll immediately be like, nah, I ain't fucking doing that. Mm-hmm. But I would be open to doing something like that in a, a um, you know, controlled environment and um yeah, I mean, and I I have a friend now who I pour into a lot, um, who I've you know, as a carpenter, as a man, like I've poured into a lot, and he's my protege, and I give him a lot of the lessons that I've learned, and I can see it helping him a little bit. Um, he's he's told me that like I learn a lot from you and the stuff that you say, so that feels good, and I I could just imagine, you know, talking to a group of kids or a group of guys and them feeling the same way like that would feel amazing act to the mentors the mentors mm-hmm. yeah I don't, I don't know we'll see um yeah we'll see what have you learned did you know Oh, before we go to what we learned let's just try to and i'm i haven't been the best dad in, in my fatherhood i'm trying to be now but, you know, it's boys out here growing up without their dads. Like, we need our dads. It, it's, a, it's a tough ride. We need our pops. We need somebody there to guide us through, to ask us how we feel about this, to ask us what's going on in our head before we hold it in, don't be vulnerable, and it comes out a different way. So we need our pops. Damn, we need our pops. We, and, and if you got sons out there, like, they need you. Five years old, ten years old, fifteen years old, all that in between. We need you. I needed my pop. I had friends that needed their pops, and it was a tough road. It wasn't until I was twenty-six years old that it stopped bothering me about my dad, and that's a long time from when you were a little boy. That's a lot of years to deal with that, and it wasn't until I was around twenty-six, twenty-seven years old where it was like, okay. I kind of got the hang of this. I think I'm making good decisions. Like, I'm I'm trying really hard, but that's when it stopped bothering me. And who knows? It's people who it still bothers them to the day. It's, it's people who went to 35 and it bothers them. Like, so just to put that out there, like, we need our dads as sons. We need y'all. So you got sons out there, reach out to them if you can. Um, guide them, mentor them, give them the game that our generation can pour into them. What have you learned? Did you know broccoli was not oh, Jesus. real? <laughs> yeah, babe. Who doesn't know broccoli's man-made? Well, a lot of people may not know that. Yes, broccoli doesn't grow out the ground. They make broccoli. Yes. Well, now it grows out the ground, but it wasn't originally. It was dom- It was domesticated from wild cabbage so that it was more palatable to yeah. humans. But it is, I don't want to say it's not real. It's not a naturally grown Vegetable, plant. Yeah. It was created from wild cabbage, broccoli, and cauliflower. I just, I mean, now, transparency. That's why those things are real bad for the digestive system. In all transparency, broccoli is my absolute favorite vegetable. However, I can't eat broccoli and haven't had broccoli probably for the last... Oh my goodness, since 2009. I, I, and it was my favorite vegetable. But to your point, it caused so many digestive issues. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, like, if I could now, I wouldn't. And I'll say this I, I did read that before, but you know, social media is not reliable. And that's where I saw it. So I did some investigation on my own. Um, 
and that yeah that's just that broccoli is not a naturally grown food like so you think about it like people 200 years ago they ain't know nothing about broccoli no babe i do that i knew that like yeah we had well we've been together forever so yeah I, i've known that for a while so did nana eat broccoli um no Nana didn't eat broccoli. Nana ate greens, corn. Um, what other vegetables did she eat? That's probably string beans. String beans. Yeah, she ate greens, corn, string cabbage. beans, cabbage, yams. Yams, not, but yeah. But okay. yeah, she she didn't eat that was broccoli. It. Spinach. She ate spinach sometimes. But no broccoli. No broccoli. Did she eat peas? No peas. Mm -hmm. No okra. No mm. um no artichokes. None of that kind of shit. <laughs> Just regular. Black people vegetables. <laughs> what did you learn? I learned God did. Um, and that's not because of DJ Khaled. It's just because I like the slogan. I like the hashtag. I Absolutely. like the way God has worked in my life. Um, he's shown his, his self in my life on plenty of different levels on many occasions. And I'm just extremely happy with my life. I'm just extremely happy with what I'm doing, um, how I'm learning myself. Um, how I'm healing. Um, I love therapy. Um, and I, I love doing this show. And I just like how God changed my life since 2020 till now. It's like a super duper duper blessing. And I, I can't be thankful enough. And I'm just, he gets all the credit. So if people wonder how did he do that or what's going on with him, God did three grams. That was awesome. What, what did so? Okay, I guess I didn't correlate. What did you learn? <laughs> did you just learn that God did it? Yep. Oh wow, that's even a bigger blessing. Okay, I, I was with you, and I love. I, I'll say this: I love the fact it it makes me emotional. It, uh, we talked She's about a this. Rock. And so now things, everything used to make me emotional before. I got more stiff, but. It makes me emotional to see God being penetrated through current culture. Like, it, it takes me back to when Jesus Walks came out. Like, they was playing Jesus Walks in the club. And at that time, it, I probably didn't take it in the no, way no, I can now. Song. It was just like, all right, this is a dope song. People singing Jesus Walks. It was kind of funny, like... Everybody singing Jesus Walks. But the significance well, of it. <laughs> right. The significance of it. And hearing this song. And I know DJ Khaled. I believe DJ Khaled. He's not of the Christian faith. But it doesn't matter. Because the song isn't stating. Isn't any, it's saying God did. And mm -hmm. that. who It makes me feel like. Like yes God. Yes. Mm -hmm. I know you coming back soon. To clear up all this foolishness. That's going on God. Alright. I know this is not church. But it just makes me feel good. Yeah it's not. Yes. Um. <laughs> Three grams. Um, quick question. What, if you had to pick today, what charity or cause would you be passionate about? Oh, probably. Do I have to name a specific one or no, like the type? Just something, yes. Probably something that has to do with making sure that kids eat. I just feel like that is like the basic. No child should be hungry. We eat, we eat too much. We waste too much. So it would be something in that vein to make sure that, that kids eat. Mm. Mine would be something to see that um, abused women can get out of their situations faster. Mm. Like if you abuse women, you got kids, or not an abused woman, just period, and your man beating on you, I would want to make it easier 
um, for you to leave and have resources than not. Okay. Um, then it takes people so long, people end up getting hurt, getting killed because you couldn't leave six months ago and you done took 15 ass whoopings when you didn't have to. Mm. That's, so, yeah. that's, that's um, admirable of you. Um, second gram. But what, so what was that related to the gram? That was that was just one of the grams. It was a question. Okay, I didn't. Okay, yeah. so that was the question. What, what would be you the charity? Stop stopping and trying to look into everything all the time. You <sighs> always want to relate, and everything ain't relatable. It's just a question. Carry on. Um, the New Jersey art teacher with the smoking hot body. She in Pennsylvania Township. Really? Yeah, they won't even say what school or give her name. Wow. Well, I look. Did you look at her page? No, but I'll well, I'm gonna look. But um, yeah, I'm gonna know her name now. But she, I looked and said Pensacola Township. I'm thinking, what the damn school is she in? <laughs> uh, we but used to live in that. Looking like that. We used to live in that area. You know. So this is my th thing, right? With her, I, I don't think anybody should be condemned for their Ooh. for their body. Um, I know what I'm gonna draw. <laughs> what I do. Think and I think this is probably I don't know I feel kind of torn about it because They'll be like why your son keep drawing donkeys <laughs> I draw a jackass every time I go to class. her personal page is public um and it's very I'm gonna say sexualized not in the sense like she ain't doing no porn or nothing but she her body is her body is her body. And she you know she's a, she's a teacher. She That's can't. what we always been told. Black women can't help it. Well, she's not black. She's Latino Spanish. Latino women can't help it either. And I'm not sure if it's natural, but it doesn't matter. It's her body. Uh, but I'm just saying. I I wonder if if it, if for me, like I don't I I um, I limit my viewing of my social media to just the people that I know because I thought about my professional life and I ain't on there busting nothing open. Like it ain't even that type of party. But just because I feel like eh, it should be a boundary. And I wonder if for her, it's more than just, okay, you come to work looking like this, but is it that boundary? But see, I do know that jobs have to play a very fine line about what people can and can't wear because but bodies the job are isn't, created The different. job is not no, saying anything care. about this. Yeah. The parents are. Right. So question to you. We got little, little Jamal. He's 10 years old. He come home or you take him to art class and you see his teacher and he is super excited to be there. Is it a problem for you? No. That his teacher looks like that? No, because the pictures that I have seen of her, regardless of what her body looks like, she's, dressed, she's right? fully clothed. It ain't like she got something low cut or short. She is fully clothed. She just can't hide her body. She got on pants and a belt and a shirt and everything. Yeah, so for me, and again, that's why I say the job can't say anything because she and Miss Martha can have on the same exact outfit. You can't tell her she can't wear that outfit because of what her body looks like just because it don't look like that on Miss Martha. Mm -hmm. So I can say in that respect, she's not dressed inappropriately in the school pictures that I've seen of her. So I wouldn't have a problem for her body is her body, you know. Buffet. But I'm sorry, but I will say for little girls, though. I was going to say, let me get it out. Okay. Girl, you got your daughter at school, buff-ass teacher, busting out his tank top. No, I wasn't about to say that, but so, no, I mean, again, I wouldn't care what his body looks like as long as he's covered. Like, my daughter, should, you shouldn't have your shirt buttoned down in here and she's seeing your chest hair, and, you know, she don't know why. Well, what if none of his shirts fit because he like fucking this? Then he needs to buy a bigger <laughs> shirt. But what I was going to say for little girls, and, it, and not that 
you know, they wouldn't see it elsewhere. I wonder what is the thought or or what's the impression that she makes on little girls because you know her clothes are fit were are fitted, you know, you know, t shirt and jeans is fitted and it's like is that I mean it's not inappropriate, but is right. it the best choice? It's like, a double just standard. Because something... No, you're teaching the girls that you can't do nothing about your body. If you have a daughter who's ten years old with a little butt on her, you're gonna teach her that's your butt. There's nothing you can do about that. Don't be ashamed about that. You're going to dress her like you're supposed to, but you can't have have both. So if you got this lady here who's like that, then to the little girl, it can't mean something wrong. It's just that's her body. Well, so, so I mean, I, I feel like if I did have a daughter, like we, and maybe this is me being 41 and thinking differently. When we were kids, we could not wear tights if the shirt did not come beyond our butt. Okay. That was just what the rule was. So I think I would feel the same way about my child because this world is what the world is. So I don't know if that's the kind of rule that should be. I mean, do you tell all the teachers like you like your shirts have to cover your butt? I don't know. Just like if you wear a button down shirt and a nice pair of pants. You can't tuck her shirts you, in. That's what I was going to say. Can you not tuck your shirts in? So it is. It, it, it creates a double standard, but I will say this. It's the parent's responsibility. You have to pour into your children and not allow the teachers to be their only, um, you know, means of self-esteem or self-love or learning about themselves. So. And this is another thing that I don't like. Now, I don't have a problem with the situation at all. Her body, and she's an art teacher or whatever. She mm -hmm. went to art school. She got yeah, a degree. She's she an awesome art. artist. Yeah, that's fine. Great. I wish I had an art woman who looked like that when I was small. <laughs> um, I would have got an A in art. But when you're, um, I, I lost my train of thought. What was Because <laughs> you were thinking about her ass. No, um, damn, I lost my train you of thought. You said you don't have a problem with what she looks oh, like. Oh, what I do have a problem with is she, there was kids in the class taking pictures of her. Now, I think like that's because kids got phones and they see her body. So a lot of people was taking pictures and showing their parents. Well, she's a kindergarten teacher. Yes. People so, have phones. They, it said in the report that there was kids in class taking pictures of her. Oh, I didn't. So uh, yeah. maybe we're talking about affluent kids. I don't know. But they had phones at five years old. Wow. Okay. I mean, but you got it. We got to think too. Were they taking pictures of her ass? Were they taking pictures because they think she's beautiful? Were they taking pictures because this is their favorite teacher? They're not Who taking knows? pictures of Miss Martha down the hall with the glasses on her nose with the mole. They're not <laughs> taking pictures of her. But they're Leave taking pictures of the art teacher, Miss Roxy. <laughs> <laughs> um, last Graham, they asked Chris Rock to host the Oscars again next year. You Did he say no? Yeah, he said no. Okay, good. But can you believe, like, white people? Yeah, like, I they can. they trying to make a mockery and a spectacle of him. Exactly. They're going to have to get up there and make all kinds of jokes about him getting slapped last year. And they think, like, you, you can see the angle. That'll be ratings. I was about to say, like, anything for fuck? ratings. Anything for ratings. And not only that, I would be so upset. Not going to let the man get slapped, make him finish the goddamn show, and then ask him to come back next but year. But how much of a disregard for his feelings is that? If he, you know, all of this, oh my God, it's so traumatizing. And blah, blah, blah. if y'all really thought, y'all thought like that when it happened. And oh, y'all were in tears about you couldn't believe that someone would be so barbaric to do this. Now you disregard the per the, vic the victim's feelings, even though he said he does not want to be labeled as a victim. Then why did but you, you just lame him on? 
Well, because I'm saying because that's how they viewed him when it happened. Oh. So at that time, he was a victim, and now y'all want to use him as the victor to pull in your ratings. You can't have it both ways. I'm happy he said no. I can't believe like th there's nobody there to say, hey, man, I don't think we should ask him this. No, I, I think we should not ever talk about yeah, this Yeah, like, I don't think we should ask him this. Like. He will deny this, which I'm super glad he did. And I, and I feel like they're they're going to do something like, I'm just envisioning them having like a border around the host as in a mocking way to be like, you know, let's make sure no one... Like, they're, they're not going to let it go. They're going to try to draw on that for ratings. And it's a, a slap in the face, pun intended. <laughs> that was right on time, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Act to the podcast wrapping up episode eighty six. Um, that was a good one. That was right on the money. It ain't never been that much on. Um, your boy International Walk. Your girl Taj, the co-hosts with the mostest. You guys look us up on acttothepodcast.com, Facebook, Instagram, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Radio Public, TikTok, Breaker, Spotify, Anchor, and Twitter. Look us up on all those platforms. You can find our faces somewhere. You can find episodes somewhere. You can check us out somewhere. So if you fuck with us, you fuck with us. If you don't, God damn it, you should. Peace. <laughs>